Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. Welcome to another edition of the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am your master of ceremonies for NFL Week 10. My name is Rod Morgan. This podcast is intrepidly and doggedly <laughs> produced by one James Thomas Jamriska. Jimmy, the internet can be kind and some nights it can be unkind. And my friend, most of the listeners won't hear, but you are having a night tonight, aren't you, my friend? Oh, it has been a fantastic evening and I cannot wait till this is over so then I can spend a lot of time fixing this mess. But that's okay. We've got balls and brew. I'm excited. Let's go. All right, we are joined by our guy from North Carolina, hashtag Old Man Chris, the world's number one Carolina Panthers fan slash Dallas Cowboys fan slash Indianapolis Colts fan. It's Chris King. Oh, I love being back on the train wreck. I mean, balls and brew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is apropos because as of right now, our football handicapper, the man who we rely on most heavily <laughs> for our football shows, is not with us. We are having some serious problems over at Williams HQ. Uh, perhaps he's ran afoul with a couple of bets and maybe Morty and sport are over dialing him up. I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions, even though I just did. So what we're going to do is roll with our normal frivolity that you expect from Chris, Jimmy, and I, if Williams cannot join us, we will at least promise you his expert picks at one point so we can keep (laughs) things rolling. We can keep the train on the track. Let's start here with Jimmy. I think we got to start with Indianapolis Colts, don't we? They made a decision this week to fire Frank Reich. So, Rod, you you were right. They did fire him. But, Rod, they chose Jeff Saturday as their new head coach, who last time I checked was not in the NFL currently. Uh, I'm sure you have nothing to say about that, and I know Williams doesn't either because, you know, that would mean Williams would be talking. Right, that would mean Williams would be here. Here's my – actually, what I'm going to say, Jimmy, is I'm going to swerve a tad bit on you here, all right? I was right about this as well. Certainly, I didn't call Jeff Saturday for you, but I went on a rant a couple of weeks ago where I described the Indianapolis Colts as basically a punch-and-judy franchise who were only propped up by one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. If you look back on the history of the Indianapolis Colts since they got in those Mayflower moving trucks and arrived in the Circle City, they don't necessarily have a checkered past that doesn't involve one eighteen at quarterback. So here is Jim Ursay once again being the crazy fan, impetuous owner, which I call for at times. I have to wear this here, Jim. I was excited when he rolled into the locker room last year and said Carson Wentz will never quarterback for me again. I'd been screaming for him to wipe the dust out of his eyes all year and go down and tell Frank Reich he's not even boarding the team plane, and he finally did it. So if I want all of those things, I have to be willing to ride the roller coaster of now Jeff Saturday is my interim head coach for some reason. Are we bringing back Dwight Freeney to call defensive plays? Is Tarek Glenn coming back to call offensive plays? plays all this is craziness but really the Colts need to lose anyway so Jimmy I'm fine with it yeah as a as a uh, Colts fan I think that you kind of just it it came crashing down a little too quick I think for a lot of people they're not really sure what's going on but if you really want to get one of those top three picks that tie is actually going to come back to haunt a lot I think Um, that might push them down a little further than they want to go Chris uh, are you okay with this are you doing okay Oh, I don't have a problem with this at all. 
I was maybe a little bit apprehensive at first, but after uh, Saturday's little press conference uh, yesterday, I believe it was, I'm fine with it. He won me over in that press conference. I think it's the first time I ever heard an NFL coach say bro or bruh during oh, a press conference. Oh, there's a reason you've never heard that before, Chris. But he has that type of, and this is something I know, he has that come at me bro type attitude. I think that's exactly what the Colts need. They need to do something to get that offensive moving and scoring some points because it's anemic at this point. But I'm all for it. It definitely cannot be any worse than what we've had so far this season. Just I'm trying to take that in that like that that come at me bro that Chris was that Chris was so enamored by. I think to me, I guess the, I guess my thoughts would be real quickly. I would say as much as I appreciated Dan Campbell and as much as I maybe bought into a little bit of the energy I think Chris is talking about here with the Detroit Lions, put a bet down on them in Vegas. Hard knocks had us all fired up. How well is that kind of energy working out for the Lions right now, Chris? And so I, I again, I'm fine with Jeff Saturday being for the head coach, but a completely different reason than you. I want him to stink. I want it to be a train wreck. The Colts are absolutely terrible. They should continue to be terrible. So why not hire this guy as their Who's coach? Who's there at, in in that top five pick area that you know of that'd be worth? I don't know Tanking. any of them because I don't watch college football anymore, and it doesn't matter. It's got to be better than slinging Sam Ellinger or or uh, or Matt Ryan or whatever carcass we want to dig up again next year. You know what I mean? It's got to be better than any of the decisions we've made the last couple of years. I mean, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud are the two big ones uh, that you know would be uh, you know don't be proud, lose for Stroud type of thing. I think is what Oof. I've heard before. So um, yeah, it would be. I mean, it's got to be the it's got to be the quarterback. You have to pick a quarterback. But then you also have to pick five offensive linemen, so that's going to be pretty tough for the Colts to do. They can't forward. do that. They paid so much money their offensive line. Well, the good news is their first home game was Saturday as the coaches against the Eagles, so that should go well. We keep thinking that Williams is going to pop in. That's what I keep doing here, folks. I keep thinking that we're going to have like music a la wrestling, and Williams is going to come in here and save us, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So let's move along to... Let's talk about, but a guy in particular on this franchise who uh, things are looking up for right now. Jimmy, I know you've got a take on this guy, and so does Chris. So let's just hit on him here. It's Tyreek Hill as my face of the week. He has been outstanding this year. One of the best receivers. He's going to hit some records. And uh, against the, I mean, against the Bears, what a great game that would have. That would have been a perfect like Tom Cruise game of the week that we'll get to a little later. I don't know why you didn't pick that. Uh, but my face of the week is Tyreek Hill. You should have a face of the week of Tyreek Hill. He has been downright phenomenal for the Miami Dolphins. Chris, do you remember at the beginning of the year, Williams told us that speed in Miami was going to pay off for them, and it certainly looked like maybe it's rounding back into form for them. I know you've got a take on Tyreek as well. Yeah, and he's not wrong with speed because Waddle's got a whole bunch of touchdowns, and I know that Tyreek Hill this season is breaking records. He already has 1,100 yards through nine games and 76 receptions. Now, he gets the benefit of the 17-game season, but he is over halfway there breaking the reception rep record set by uh, Michael Thomas, and he only needs another 900 yards to break... Uh, oh, now I can't remember who has the... Cooper uh, Cup? Single... Didn't Cooper Cup set it last year? No, he just led the league last year. It was... Uh, Oh, it doesn't matter, but it's like 1,949 no. yards. That's what matter. he has to get to, and he doesn't. He he is averaging 122 yards per game right now. To break the record, he only needs to average 112. He can dip down in production and still beat that record. 
Yeah, but you just say 112, like that's what dudes do all the time, right? 112 is still awfully tough to get. And not for Tyreek Hill when he's getting 122. You got to remember, that's with Tua, and Tua's doing fine now, but Tua's also a little injury prone, so I'm a little nervous about that. He had Tua gone for two games already, essentially three, if you really want to be serious about it, and he's still setting these records. It's insane what he's doing in Miami. He definitely looks good for the uh, Dolphins, who are uh, one of Mr. Williams' picks, which we are efforting to try to at least give to you guys, uh, uh, us uh, football novices. We'll pass them on to you. Uh, we could do heel here. I got the... I got that number from Williams. You're not going to like it. Also, you do have the Cleveland-Miami pick. Let's get Williams. One of Williams' picks here. Jimmy, what's Williams' record? Let's do this. Let's do this the way we normally do, even though Williams isn't here. What's Williams' record right now going into these picks? He got the over on Miami-Chicago last week, if I remember. That was a fantastic pick. Yes, he did have Tampa Bay minus three over the Rams and Washington plus three over Minnesota. So he is still over 500 for the season. So we'll take that, Williams. Absolutely. All right. So there's so Williams' pick for Cleveland versus Miami is what, Chris? He's taking Cleveland plus three and a half. Oh, oh my goodness. Right? Am I, I, I thought that was crazy. Let's circle I, back. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, he... You know he loves going against the public, right? So I imagine this is a whole lot of public money's coming in on Miami. You know he loves going against that, Chris. Don't you think that has to be what it is? I think there's that. And he also says he has some awesome ref stats for this game as well. So I'm sure there's Ah, something about about pass interference or or holding calls on the left guard (laughs) on Sunday afternoon. If you were a faithful Balls and Brew listener, you know Mr. Williams has pulled some doozies before. So I guess we're, we're, we're all... Lesser, Jim, because we did not get to hear that ref takes from Mr. Williams this Okay, week. so Browns are coming off a bye. The week before, they destroyed the Bengals. Um, but then they've kind of been not very good this season at all. So Jacoby Brissett's really falling back to earth a little bit, too. He's more hurt in the Browns than just being a caretaker at this point. Yeah, I, we still have another couple weeks before even the chance of Deshaun coming back, but then he's not going to be ready right away, so... Um, I think these these rough stats are are pretty big there, so maybe uh, Williams will throw some stuff out on social media uh, at Balls and Brew Pod and uh, uh, <laughs> other things like that. So let's go on to Williams' next pick. Yeah, let's get the let's move on to uh, what uh, what I would say is the Tomlin rah rah spot here, right? We got the Saints, we got the Steelers. Chris, what's Williams got for us on this game? Do we have this pick in yet? He, yes. You got the Tomlin rah-rah spot because he's yes. taking the Steelers plus one and a half. Yeah, and I'm sure are. it has something to do with Tomlin as a home dog after a <laughs> tough loss. <laughs> it might have with to do with Jameis Winston's coming he's, back for New Orleans too, he's right? He's 46 yeah. and 12 against the spread in situations like that. I'm sure there's some sort of stat like that because, listen – I lived in Pittsburgh. The Steelers at home is a tough win no matter what's going on. Yeah, and he's also picking. He's got to be picking against Jameis here, right, Jimmy? We always hear a bunch of anti-Jameis thoughts out of Williams, too. He's got to be picking against Jameis here. You know, the Saints are another one of those teams that, you know, and one night they can look like they're going to win the Super Bowl, and then the next they just, they're horrible. And going back and forth with the quarterbacks um, hasn't been very good for them this year. Uh, Kamara. Well, I always say, Jimmy, if you got two quarterbacks, you actually got no quarterbacks. You got no quarterbacks, and you've always said that, and um, they have no quarterbacks. So I kind of like this pick as a as an underdog here. Oh, I love Tomlin um, rah rah spots. My favorite pick. But speaking of speaking of underdogs, and we have the Jaguars. Who who the heck knows what they're doing? They're at the Chiefs. Jags are three and six. Chiefs are six and two. It's a one o'clock game on a Sunday. 
Chris King, this is, I mean, this has got to be, you know, the Chiefs are up, are, are plus nine and a half. I no, mean, wait a minute. Or minus Let's start here, Jimmy. No, no, hold on. Wait, let's take a quick pause there. What yeah. are we doing? Why is this game on at one o'clock and the Colts and the Raiders are on at four? Who, who is the scheduling <laughs> genius that decided that's what we needed to do? The only thing is it's the West Coast. I mean, that's got to be it, but. Yeah, you don't want this. You don't want the game starting too too early. In Vegas. there's also not a whole lot of afternoon games, and then you got the Colts Raiders is one of them. You got to watch nice big shit burger. They're now. piling it's up a for must you. Watch. Good well, no, the Saturday only, might the not Colts be the worst coach. Saturday may not be the worst coach. The, the, coach the, coach the only other game. the only other Sunday afternoon game is the Cowboys and the Packers. That'll be and a good game at least. There's no chance maybe, I watch this Colts game. I'm I a mean, Colts fan. What could the Packers do against the Lions? They got three field goals. That was it. That's all they could do. I don't Listen, expect them to do your much head better coach, against a much better Your head defense. coach going back to play the Packers. There's a lot of weird stuff that could go down in that game. I'll be watching that game. But we got sidetracked from the reason that Kansas City and Jacksonville are in 1 o'clock. I guess that this is anti-Jags bias here, huh, Jim? <laughs> it has to be. And, uh, Chris, what did Williams – so Williams had to take the Chiefs here plus 9.5 because there's no way the Jags are going to do anything good against this Chiefs team, right? Uh, no, he took the Jags at plus 9.5. Of course nine and he half. did. Because he must Lawrence think... has looked good. Lawrence has looked good the last two weeks. Yeah. It's the Jags, though. They can... Listen, the Jags are fine at times. You remember, I was I was all painted up in teal and they purple. They started the, the season the hot, and they beat a couple decent teams, and then they fell apart. And the only other team... They beat the Colts twice. Like, that's two of that's the three nothing. wins. That doesn't even count. That's ridiculous. I know. That's, what, that's what's weird. I mean, it's it's... You don't know what to expect from them, but, like... But the Chiefs I lost to the Colts, seen... I guess. We're talking about the Chiefs right here. The right? Chiefs lost to the Colts, too. Both of these teams lost to the Colts. That should nullify both of them. So, like, I just... I don't see Trevor Lawrence progressing as much as what he probably should have been in his second year as a starter. Jimmy, like, is, just, is Justin Fields your guy now better than Trevor Lawrence? If you drafted again, I think Lawrence would still be picked number one. Fields would obviously be picked number two. But uh, you know, Fields would have Fields and Williams and I would have talked about Fields for years. But how about this? The Chiefs next week have a division rival at the Chargers on Sunday night. Ah, uh, the old look ahead. This game, might huh? be the look ahead game. Uh, honestly, the ne- this is a huge look because they've got the Chargers, then the Rams, then the Bengals, then the Broncos. So they've got the next four weeks are pretty big. This one doesn't mean as much. This is where Williams is thinking that the Jags are going to get plus nine and a half. Not saying the Jags are going to win outright, just plus nine and a half. All right. Well, we brought up the Cowboys and the Packers game there a little bit. Jimmy, I think you've got uh, you've got something related to the Packers for us, don't you? Yeah, he's my heel of the week. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. What a what a really pathetic overall performance last week he had against the Detroit Lions who are one of the worst and we've all heard it a thousand times from your pundits Rod I'm sure we'll get to pundits later but you know 291 yards one touchdown three interceptions and one of those plays was um, you know down at the goal line where he did that kind of turn around to throw to the uh, offensive lineman who is eligible he hits that a hundred times out of a hundred 99 times out of 100 because he threw it right to um, the defensive lineman Hutchinson from Detroit. So really just kind of lethargic play overall. And it's, it's a, sad, a sad day, sad day. You know, as someone who hates Aaron Rodgers because he's so good, um, it's sad that you see him kind of going down a little bit. 
Jimmy, when it goes for quarterbacks, it just goes, right? I mean, yeah. 18s last year in Denver, we all didn't know he was going to end up being as bad as he was. I mean, I know he walked away a Super Bowl champion, but, you know, we all understand, even as the biggest 18 supporters in the world, like me, I, you know, he got carried by that defense. So, I mean, when it goes for quarterbacks, it just goes. And, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'll continue to bring this up because it's been a, a, a recurring theme for me. Maybe not do ayahuasca in the offseason before an NFL season. I don't know. Maybe, you know. Maybe yeah, that's not- what's at play here. Not the best, uh, not the best advertisement uh, at all. So let's, maybe don't uh, hang out with Joe Rogan and do ayahuasca before an NFL season, Chris. That's that's not. what I'm saying here about Aaron Rodgers. What do you say about Aaron Rodgers, the heel of the week? Maybe he's just getting old. I mean, not everybody is ageist like Tom Brady, and he's starting to show stuff. Like he's had essentially what maybe two good minutes of real offense this year. Uh, Oh, boy, didn't everybody age. fall all over themselves with that final drive, too? My goodness. They were just right? like, oh, Tom Brady's back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, 44 <laughs> seconds of good play. He's back. Uh, so, listen, he's not young. I mean, what is, what's it been? Essentially 30-plus years of the Packers being the top of the NFC North, you know, for the most part. They've had ha- up, two Hall of, Fame, <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back. You know, it's it's time for a change in the guard. You know, let the purple people eaters and Kirk Cousins take the reins for a Look while. Out, so. a Kirk Cousins shout out during the Cowboys Packers <laughs> game. Chris doesn't even want to talk about his Cowboys here. See, I think you should worry. I think Mike McCarthy gets all big in his britches and does some dumb shit. And next thing you know, the Cowboys are losing to the Packers. Rogers was pining over him this week. Did you guys see that? No, I he? did not. Oh yeah, he's like he's like I really appreciate now. More so than at the time about how good of a coach he was and all That's this other BS. Coach sucks. Yeah. <laughs> just great, just again, just great passive aggressive stuff out of Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't you absolutely love being his teammate? So Jimmy, I think that that's another reason you put him as as your heel, right? Because it's just yeah. overall, just it's bad play and just he seems like a just a prickly guy that's not good to be around, and that's got to suck to be a teammate. It does, it does, and obviously he's going through a lot of stuff uh, because he is so prickly right now and. You know, you got all these young kids in there that that are learning, and they're getting yelled at a ton whenever they make a mistake. They definitely are. Nobody wants that. <clears throat> you know what else nobody really wants? What in the world is ever going on with the Washington Commanders? So, Chris, I know you got one more thing for us, and it's on them. So, uh, the floor is yours, my friend. And then Jimmy yeah. and I might might have a take here. Well, we found out this week, and now we all know that the lawyers for the Washington football team or the Washington Football Club, or the Washington Commanders, whatever they want to call themselves, are just as sleazy as the owners, Snyders, are. Because they, before the Attorney General even came out with what he was going to charge the team, and then turns out the NFL and Roger Goodell and just about everybody else, the lawyers for the Redskins put out a statement essentially bringing up the fact of uh, that running back who got carjacked and got shot a couple times over the summer, uh, a few weeks before spring training, missed the Brian first, Robinson. Uh, yeah. Yes. Bringing that up and saying that this guy should be more inclined to clean up the streets and make it safer for the residents instead of going after them. I don't know if these lawyers know how to practice law because the attorney general does not do anything or have anything to do with prosecuting violent crimes. That would be up to a local district attorney, not the attorney general. It's just, it's just ridiculous that they're going to throw out one of their own players and use him as a scapegoat for something that is just, it's just a sleaze ball move. And it's 
just right out of Dan Snyder's playbook too. Like it's, it's right out of 2022's playbook though, Chris. Scapegoat <laughs> and attack. All right, scapegoat and attack, my friend. This is absolutely the way business is done in America these it days. It was a horrible, horrible attack. attack. I mean, it completely backfired on them. So. Yeah, they're hopefully they're going to sell the team. Dan Snyder's a complete joke. You know, what I mean, everything that's going on with the Washington Commanders is a complete joke. You know, you can't force a guy to sell his team. I I understand that as 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 icky as Dan Snyder makes all of us feel. You know, you can't it's just Mr. go Snyder. stealing things. You can't just go stealing things out from underneath people. You know, so he's got to sell it. But we can certainly hope that there's going to be a lot of pressure put on the Snyders to uh sell this team. Jimmy, I, I I'm sure you echo those sentiments. Yeah, just. It, it... Just really sleazy, and honestly, they have such a great fan base. And not anymore. He's almost pissed them all away. Well, that's the thing, and they really need to have an owner to come in and embrace the area, embrace the commanders, and just be better. You know, just be better than than, than Dan Snyder. We need to just, you know, what they should just go full in on it too. They should just have a Russell Crowe master and commander theme night at the end of the year right everybody yes. just come to the stadium dressed as russell crowe's character for master and commander far side of the world just let's go we're gonna have we're gonna splash everybody with waves we're gonna have masts and sails off we're gonna have nothing but fish at the concession stand we're just gonna go all in on it jimmy do you so think that would be nasty. that would oh, sounds like a terrible time doesn't it but it's got to be better than a Washington Commanders regular football. It's better game than with sitting in your, in your seat and getting getting the uh, the 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 poop water on you. So the poop water, nice, yeah. love that. On that note, we might yeah. need to wrap balls and brew up here. We apologize that you just had me, Jimmy, and Chris, the uh, the merry pranksters, as it were, of the uh, NFL football show. We're uh, we're all just here for a little bit of frivolity and fun. Chris certainly comes with some statistics at you every once in a while, but Jimmy and I are just here for fun and try to move things along. We had technical difficulties with Williams. We apologize for that. Stick around for a few minutes, though. We're going to switch things up on you. I will jump to the sidecar, and one Jimmy James Thomas Jamriska will jump to the driver's seat, and you will hear our NBA thoughts on fast break on the other side here. Until then, balls and brew coming back at you next week. Hey, Rod, Jack Reacher actually has a question for you. Oh, my goodness. I did about forget the Tom Cruise game. So again, before we get I? to balls and brew, I've got to bring this up. Your Tom Cruise game of the week last week was the Saints and Ravens. Now, in your defense, you really did want to pick the Bears and Dolphins, but a little behind the scenes here when we have a show that actually occurs correctly. We like to talk and we like to talk about a different uh, a few different teams uh, throughout the show. Williams had a big Bears and Dolphins bet, which he was right. Now he is 15-10-2 on the season. So your game was Saints and Ravens, and what movie uh, of Tom Cruise's, I think I let that out of the bag already, was that? You did, you're right, but I appreciate you calling me to task here. I forgot the Tom Cruise game once already this year. I don't want to forget it again a second time. So we're going to go with a pretty forgettable Tom Cruise movie. We're actually going to go with the Jack Reacher sequel. Because I can't even tell you what the Jack Reacher sequel is called. That's how absolutely forgettable it is, which is absolutely how forgettable my Tom Cruise game of the week was last week. I, I almost feel at this point, Jimmy, that I'm almost a kiss of death. If I yep. pick a game for the Tom Cruise game of the week, it ends up not being great at all. So to that end, I'm going <laughs> to go so completely off the wall here and pick something that I have no business picking as the Tom Cruise game of the week and hope that it is going to come through and just be phenomenal. I'm going to go to the late afternoon window on Sunday, and I'm going to go to the Cardinals 
versus the Rams. The Rams seem on the absolute skids at the moment. The Cardinals are fighting with each other on the sidelines, play terrible football. <laughs> These are two terrible teams. Nobody should be watching this game. Everybody should be watching Cowboys Packers. So because I seem to be the kiss of death, this week's Tom Cruise game of the week is your fighting Arizona Cardinals and your fighting Los Angeles Rams. And now we can take a break and do fast break on the other side, but that's only apropos for the energy that has been behind this podcast, folks. Thank you so very much for sticking around and listening with us. All right, it's time for the fastest 15 minutes in the NBA. It's NBA fast break on the Morgan, you know, balls and brew podcast. I'm Jimmy Rod. You are my co-host for this uh, amazing show. How are you doing today? I, you know, Jimmy, I love talking basketball, and I appreciate you taking the reins driving, as I know you and I like to refer to it sometimes sure. in the podcasting game. I like you taking the reins driving on this back section because I think it gives me a chance to be more of a take artist, and man, if I don't love doing takes on the NBA. So I appreciate you hosting, Jimmy. I appreciate you, too, letting me host and everything like that. Of course, we're not doing NBA without the man from North Carolina. Hashtag old man Chris. How's it going, buddy? How's it going, Jimmy? Rod? It's been an interesting season so far, hasn't it? It has been, and we're going to start off. I'm going to start off on a positive note because I know that we like to kind of delve into yes, a couple of Yes, let's uh, start positive, Jimmy. I like that. We did a lot of <laughs> complaining last time. Let's let's start positive. Let's go with the, the face of the week and the unimaginable season that Luka Doncic is having is, well, it, it's a credit to him not just taking off a month and a half sitting down smoking and drinking and playing in that uh, in, in, in the summer. He is amazing, guys. 34 points a game, eight rebounds, eight assists. Yeah, the Mavericks are six and four. That's fine, but he is doing everything. My question to you, Rod, can he keep this up, and is it good for the Mavericks if he does keep this up? Oh, I love that you asked me that question that way because I was actually going to let Chris take this if we were just heaping praise on Luca right here. <laughs> but the question you asked me is what I would like to talk about. It's not sustainable. It absolutely yeah. is not. Yeah. He has an astronomical usage rate right now, stuff we haven't seen out of anybody ever. I mean, we're talking Jordan in the 80s usage here. Little he's Wilt, I think. That. Little Wilt in there. Yeah, he's, he's there. He's Russell Westbrook during his MVP triple-double season. More usage than Russell Westbrook. If you're using the ball more than Russell Westbrook during his fraudulent MVP triple-double season, there's a problem. So the Mavericks, you know, I I love Luka for my fantasy team. I love Luka for watching highlights on TV. But if I'm Mark Cuban and Jason Kidd and I'm interested in the Mavericks actually winning something in the playoffs, I'd be worried about the style of play, Jimmy. Uh, me too. And then also, Chris, you got to be worried. The last two games they've had, they've lost to the Wizards and the Magic, some teams that that's going to come back to haunt the Mavericks later on because there's a ton of people in the Western Conference that are just going to take over uh, for their uh, their playoff seating, right? Yeah, the West is tough. Like, it's 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 not as top-heavy maybe as it was, but, like, there are a lot of good, talented teams in the West. And that usage rate, what is it, like 40% now, Rod, I think, is, is where it's we're just at? Under. It's just under. Just under, yeah. yeah. But let's just yeah. round it up for our purposes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 40%, which is insane, but unless Dallas can come up with with some players stepping up and actually hitting some shots, Christian Wood needs to get more aggressive, I think, even though at 
some points in time, I feel like he's Here's a the question hole, with but... Christian Wood, though, Chris. Here's the question with him, right? How much does a promise actually matter in the NBA? Because, Jimmy, all it seems to me is JaVale McGee starting because the Mavericks supposedly promised him that, but he's terrible. They're bad when he's on the floor. Christian Wood's killing it. What's going on? So what's JaVale McGee going to do? Just not play then if he doesn't start? Or Russell Westbrook's just going to say, oh, I'm going to go home and you just keep all my money? I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the starting five for the Mavericks, their plus minus is ridiculous. I think it's like minus uh, 28 or something like that. And they just need to they just need to play better. Uh, they need to put the starting lineup in that's going to have them take a little bit off of Luka Doncic, I think. And uh, speaking about starting lineups and speaking about uh, some positive notes, and then we're going to get to Rod Dunn Nation. Don't you worry, Rod. I want to talk about something positive, and I can't believe these uh, this team is going to come out of my mouth. The Brooklyn Nets have made some positive moves this week. Rod, I know you're very uh, eager to talk about the Nets. Let's let's chat real quick. What do you think about the Jock Vaughn uh, promotion from interim to full head coach? Believe it or not, Jimmy, I'm going to second you here. I, I never okay. thought I'd be one to champion anything that Brooklyn would do for the rest of the season based on their track record last year and the way they were comporting themselves at the beginning of this particular season. But the move to finally send... Kyrie Irving home and have him not be a giant succubus on your basketball team <laughs> has proven good. And then also somebody getting to Joe size, Sean Marks, whoever, and saying, Hey guys, man, guys, I know basketball wise, this guy for the Celtics is sexy, right? Basketball wise. He's real sexy. Cause he was a rookie head coach who got him all the way to the finals and he was here before, but there's this other thing going on that maybe we don't want any part of. And for the Brooklyn Nets to say, we're walking away from that and giving the job to Jock Vaughn, who you could argue maybe should have been the coach over Steve Nash. As much as I love Steve Nash, kudos to the Brooklyn Nets. Chris, did you ever think I'd be giving the Nets props? Uh, no, I'm really surprised by this whole two-sided thing you guys are doing with the Nets, giving them praise. And like, the problem I have with it is, is yes, these are reasons to be praised, I guess, but I don't see anything they've done to necessarily help their product on the court. And unless that improves significantly, especially their offense, then they're not going to make the playoffs. So, Chris, are you talking about maybe doing some 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 trades? Wait, what is that? What is that? Here, coming down the aisle, it's the it's the rodemnation of the week. We completely let them off the hook, and magically, he has absolutely nothing to say. How could they possibly understand peons? Oh, Jimmy, you're an absolute pro. You set me up perfectly there. All right. I want to state that I'm a huge NBA fan. I think that comes across on this podcast. The reason we do fast break at the end of our dynamite football segment is just frankly because we all love talking about it so much. So I understand that you're going to need topics to chop up, to debate, to be able to write on the Chiron on whatever podcast platform you decide to listen to your podcasts on. But can we please just try to focus on basketball for at least a, at least the first quarter of the season. Can we just come up with an agreement between all of us, basketball podcasters, media types, all the above, and I just put myself there with the huge audience that we have here on Balls and Brew. I just put myself there. That happened during Rod Divination. Let, let me get sidetracked, though. Can we please just focus on the team as is now and stop being the first or second point when we talk about a particular team? But the thing with them is they actually 
actually have this draft pick or they have this contract right here that they might be able to flip into that. And who do you think would actually help this team out? Like, whoa, these teams haven't even played 15 games yet. We don't know what some of these guys might do or not do together. And we already are just jumping all over ourselves to try to be the first one to come up with a cool trade idea and be the one to get the clicks and just always talking about what might happen. And we rarely ever talk about what is happening in the NBA. I'm just as guilty of it, but Jimmy, that's my Rod Nation of the Week. I agree. Take a team like the Pelicans, for example. They're actually doing pretty well right now. They're still kind of rounding in uh, to, you know, their new, their starters are all playing together for the first time here in a little while. And people, all, all they want them to trade everything right now for Kevin Durant. Doesn't matter what they do. Doesn't matter. They could be a finals team as they are now. Let them play together. And if you've seen, Rod... The past few years have shown those huge moves don't really work all the time. And Chris, you know, as someone who is you know a fan of multiple teams, go Pacers. Um, <laughs> are you somebody who wants to see those mega teams formed, uh, like all these um, you know podcasters want, or do you want to just see the games played? I want to see the games played. And for one, I don't think if I was an owner of a team or a general manager, I'd ever want to make a trade for Kevin Durant. He fills the stat sheet, but he doesn't necessarily make your team better. Uh, I don't think when he went to Golden State that they were better than they were the year before. The year before, they broke the regular season win record. So Yeah, but they lost in the finals. That's the whole reason he went there. Uh, yeah, he went there because they beat him to get to the finals. <laughs> And he wanted to be with winners. Listen, Listen Kevin I Durant think, was a was a baller in Golden State, right? Like I'm not disagreeing with your KD take here, but he was a baller in Golden State. Let's not well, let's not yeah, attack his character. Listen, he has State. talent. Kevin Durant sitting in the corner the saying, stats. "What did I do to you guys?" He stuffs the stats, but he doesn't make your team better. Yes, he can score, he can shoot, he can pass. He has all the talent in the world, but he doesn't necessarily make your team better. He's not a real leader uh, uh, of anything. It, it, it boggles me that people would still want him on their team. So next week on Fast Break, we're going to go over the Kevin Durant, is he good or not, and has he helped your team or not. But we're going to move on here to my heel of the week. We're going to go D'Angelo Russell. Uh, the team now, wait a minute, not... Jimmy, wait a minute. Yeah, you buried the ahead. lead. We have something special we're going to do for the heel moving oh, forward. Oh, yeah, I'm Come sorry. On. I did. I, I apologize. I, I, it's my my gimmick. I wrote it down, and I didn't read it. Uh not going to lie, I was kind of distracted by Chris's awful take on Kevin Durant. But we'll talk about that later. It's the Kyrie Irving heel of the week. That's and beautiful. that goes to D'Angelo Russell with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who didn't know he was supposed to be in the game. And they played five on four for a shot, a rebound, and another shot. So congratulations there. T-Wolves aren't looking as crisp as one would think. Uh, Ant is, is a little upset right now. Rod, are the T-Wolves in trouble? The T-Wolves do not look great. I mean, I don't want to sound like a, a young Ten kid games here. in. Ten games in. The vibes are not great up in Minnesota, man. Ant Edwards, basically, any time a microphone is put in front of him, is passively, <laughs> aggressively taking a shot at the coach or Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is criticizing Anthony Edwards' diet. Everybody seems to hate Rudy Gobert. Like, poor Rudy Gobert, wherever he goes, everybody just seems... All right, so the Minnesota Timberwolves have a lot in common with this podcast. Train wreck. Definitely a train wreck. You haven't heard the train wreck park every, part, everybody, but uh, believe me, it's been one. So let's go right into something positive again. The Kings, Hardwood Hierarchy. Brian for the win. Bang! 
Yeah, so this week we're going to have the same team on top, Milwaukee. They are still showing that they are the best in the league right now. Only got one loss, 10 wins, cream of the crop by far. But there's a team hot on their heels, and they're also from the East, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers as the queen. And then I'm going to give uh, the Utah Jazz the Prince seed because they are still undefeated at home and still sit atop of the West. Uh then I'm actually, and as easy as it would be to make the Lakers the court gesture again, I'm actually going to give it to Golden State Warriors. Whoa! Oh. Worst defense in the league, and they used to be a defensive team, and they definitely are not. <laughs> they get the They're gesture. They're playing a bunch of young guys. What do you want them to do with James Wiseman running around out there not having any idea what to do other than run to the rim for a lob? I mean, goodness gracious with James Wiseman. That dude needs to agree to go to the G League. <laughs> that would be a huge thing for Golden State right now. Well, you know, it would be because, seriously, you're brought up in this AAU where you're the best player on the team, and all you do is go and get lobs and dunk the ball. You don't have that team-oriented. I'm going to go on an old man rant here real quick. But Heck yeah, let's do it. You don't have that, that team-oriented play that you need to succeed in the NBA. And obviously, Wiseman played about 38 seconds in college, I think, and his first year he didn't play very much more, so... He's so far behind everybody else that, yes, going to the D-League might actually help him maybe get somebody else in there to, to play for him. But I don't think you're wrong there because the Warriors have had a really bad uh, bad start, Chris, at 4-7. and seven. No, I think he's wrong. I think he's wrong. Now, listen, I want to – any listeners who are new to Fast Break, welcome. Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate you coming on board the Morgan Eno Podcasting Network. You have to understand that King's Hardwood hierarchy exists in the snapshot that it is taken, okay? Chris doesn't actually believe in the long run that the Jazz are going to be the third best team in the NBA. But right now, the Jazz are undeniable. And Chris also doesn't believe that the Golden State Warriors are as much of a joke as the Los Angeles Lakers. But right now – it's hard to deny, right, Chris? Am I am I speaking correctly about the hardwood hierarchy here? That is exactly right, a hundred percent. It is a snapshot of what the season looks like as of right this second. It's not about projections. It's about what you have accomplished or not accomplished. That's going to dictate where this hierarchy goes. What, what why, makes Cleveland? What makes Cleveland two for you? What put Cleveland at, at, the, at the ultimate knot at number two? Uh. Cleveland is not only scoring at a pretty high clip for the East, 116 points per game. They are playing some solid, solid defense. They got Donovan Mitchell playing defense. defense. I know. It's so good. And, like, they have really turned the corner. I think Cleveland is a legit team (laughs) in the East. Listen, you may be right. You may be right. The Cleveland Cavaliers are undeniable at this moment. I wonder how much the Nets are going to rebound, right? I really think that we might see Kyrie continue to be gone. So this Brooklyn Nets team that we're seeing right now might be a team that becomes the sixth seed. So it's the East is still going to be way interesting, Jimmy. I just thought the Cleveland Cavaliers in post-LeBron James time look pretty darn good. And that's cool for the city, the, uh, the mistake by the lake. That's wonderful. They're playing team basketball and that Donovan Mitchell trade. Wow, he's he's playing out of his mind and you really working out for think. both teams. It's insane. We we it, we condemned trades earlier and now we end with a trade that worked out for both teams. Look at you, Jim. And you also have to remember the Jazz, we talked about them a little bit. They're about halfway to the number of wins you need to secure a top 3 pick there, so they're a little too good for what they want to be right now. That'll be interesting to see, but that I believe 
Um, that is the longest 15 minutes I think that we've ever had on this show um, <laughs> behind the scenes, but that is okay. This has been Fast Break on the Morgan O's Podcast Network, along with Balls and Brew, obviously, so there's only one person that can end the show. Goodbye, Internet.